Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from EO Fire, and you're listening to Elective Rotation with Pharmacy Joe. You must be prepared to ignite. What's up, Pharmacy Nation? I'm Pharmacy Joe. Thank you for listening to the Elective Rotation, a critical care pharmacy podcast. This is episode 81. In this episode, I'll discuss an article about using tigacycline for Clostridium difficile infection, answer the drug information question, has mycophenolate ever been associated with alveolar hemorrhage, and share a resource that can be used to determine a patient's warfarin dose. I have all the evidence supporting today's show linked up in the show notes at pharmacyjoe.com slash episode 81. If you know someone who would find this podcast helpful, please share it with them. The Pharmacy Nation Slack group is a free community with other pharmacists from around the world collaborating using real-time messaging. You can sign up at pharmacynation.org. When tigacycline first arrived on the market, it was called a first-in-class antibiotic, a glycycycline. The drug was accompanied by tigers walking next to doctors in the advertisements and a black box warning about increased mortality after a meta-analysis of phase three and four trials. This prompted me to take a closer look at tigacycline. I noticed that tigacycline is structurally identical to minocycline with an extra four-carbon chain dangling off one end. I immediately thought, Okay, so you're glycycycline. That don't impress me much. Because tigacycline is bacteriostatic, has the increased mortality warning, and is essentially minocycline, I've almost never used it in a critically ill patient. Recently, Infectious disease Chris ordered tigacycline for a patient with recurrent Clostridium difficile infection who was unable to receive vancomycin. This piqued my curiosity, so I had my student research what evidence there was behind such practice. Shout out to pharmacy student Michelle, who came across this article. Is tigacycline a suitable option for Clostridium difficile infection? Evidence from the literature. The lead author is Stefano DiBella, and this was published in International Journal of Antimicrobial Agents in July 2015. This article is an excellent review of available evidence on the use of tigacycline for Clostridium difficile infection, or CDI. Some key points found in the article are tigacycline has shown in vitro activity against C. diff. The authors performed a literature review of in vitro and in vivo studies and case reports on the effectiveness of tigacycline for CDI. In the European Society of Clinical Microbiology and Infectious Disease Guidelines, tigacycline is mentioned with a recommendation grade C3 for severe CDI cases when oral treatment is not feasible. A few studies have examined the relationship between treatment with tigacycline and proliferation of C. diff and toxin production. 
tigacycline has an inhibitory effect on protein synthesis, thereby lowering toxin A and toxin B levels and preventing sporulation. Case reports of dozens of patients who use tigacycline for CDI are summarized in this article. 35 patients were cured, 7 died, 2 had recurrences, 1 had a clinical failure, and 1 experienced a skin rash. The usual dosage was a 100 milligram loading dose, followed by 50 milligrams IV every 12 hours. The duration of treatment ranged from 3 to 24 days with a mean of 12 days. Tigacycline is a potential candidate for treatment of CDI based on in vitro data, but it may also cause disruption of the normal bowel microflora. The authors of the study concluded Although more studies are needed to confirm its usefulness in preventing or treating CDI, also in consideration of cost-benefit aspects, the available evidence suggests that tigacycline could be an additional option for critically ill patients or cases of refractory CDI. The drug information question for this episode is, has mycophenolate ever been associated with alveolar hemorrhage? And the answer is, yes, there is one case report. The case report was published in 2013, titled Pulmonary Hemorrhage with Capillaritis Secondary to Mycophenolate in a Heart Transplant Patient. The author stated, We present a case of a patient who developed acute respiratory failure seven days after orthotopic heart transplantation and who had been on both mycophenolate and tacrolamus agents. Lung biopsy revealed features of pulmonary hemorrhage with capillaritis. Considered as a possible etiology, mycophenolate was withdrawn. There was immediate improvement of the patient's symptoms. The temporal relationship between mycophenolate exposure and onset of pulmonary symptoms in the absence of other possible etiology strongly suggests a causal relationship. And the resource I'd like to share in this episode is warfarindosing.org. This is a free website to help clinicians begin warfarin therapy by estimating the therapeutic dose in patients new to warfarin. The site is supported by the Barnes-Jewish Hospital at Washington University Medical Center, the NIH, and donations. Warfarin dose estimates are based on clinical factors and, when available, genotypes of two genes, cytochrome P450-2C9 and vitamin K epoxide reductase. Recommendations on warfarindosing.org are based on data from over a 1,000 patients. The calculations performed on the site explain 53% of the variability in warfarin dose. If you return to the website and enter an INR value after three or four warfarin doses are given, the dose refinement is even more accurate. I've used this site with good success determining appropriate starting doses for warfarin in many patients. I like how I can save my patients' data and return every day to get a new dose estimate based on the new INR value. Listeners can support the show when they shop using my link to Amazon. It will cost you no extra money, and I will receive a small commission from Amazon. Just use my link, pharmacyjoe.com slash shop, to take you to Amazon each time you shop. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode of The Elective Rotation. (laughs) 